Welcome to podcast number 59 for Thanks for Your Service. Our focus is on historical topics relating to the Australian military. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and YouTube. Just search for Thanks for Your Service. Our website is www.thanksforyourservice.net and you can also email us at info at thanksforyourservice.net. During the January school holidays, I took the family down to Williamstown in Melbourne to visit a unique historical floating museum. We continue our tour aboard the World War II ship, the HMAS Castlemaine. Uh, the miners are uh, tethered. We've got a copy of this on our website. Mm-hmm. Uh, tethered to the uh, seabed on a thing called a sinker. And after it sat there for about a day, a little a corrosion piece would let go and the mine would move itself up. Um, and stop automatically a couple of metres below the surface of the water. When you were doing mine sweeping, you'd use this crane and lift this thing over the side of the ship called the Oropesa Float. Right, okay. So we're, we're, we're right now at the, the quarter, quarter deck, deck, so yes. right at the back of the back of the ship, yep. and we've got two two cranes. Two cranes and two... the <laughs> floats. And two floats. to it, okay. You, the floats were towed by steel wire mm-hmm. that went onto the, uh, the winch there, the winch there was steam driven. Mm-hmm. Okay, you'd stream it behind the ship on a couple of hundred yards of steel meters of steel wire, but as you streamed it on there, it would move out from the side of the ship because the rudder is just slightly offset. So offset. Would you, okay. So the faster you towed it, it would move over and that. And uh, there was a towing wire. Then they had another wire that was a cutting wire. It's a very heavy serrated wire, and they actually used to bolt these V cutting blades on it that would hook into the mooring line of the mine, cut through it, and the mine would float up to the surface, and another ship back there would be given the job at shooting at it to either oh, okay. sink it. Catching them was not a good right. idea, Pierre. So just yeah. get rid of it, destroy it. Yeah, just it. got rid of it, yeah. Um, they sail, uh, apart from the winch being um, steam-driven, all of this was done by hand. Oh, goodness. On okay. a rolling ship, you yeah. know, it was hard. As well as the getting that over there, see those things? Yeah. Kite and the otter. Mm-hmm. They had to attach them to the cutting wire, and with the blades on it, it would actually pull the cutting wire down um, under the water to the level you thought the um, the mines were. Mm-hmm. So we're moving forward from, from the quarter deck. Quarter deck, and we're going to go into the uh, officer's accommodation. Okay. So, so we've just walked into a, uh, yeah, another look, compartment. Yeah, another so what's compartment. this area again? This, this is, is the, the officer's pantry. And here was the uh, the officer's bathroom. I didn't show you the um, sailor's bathroom, mm. but uh, there, uh, there's, there's were smaller than this, but lots more people had to use it. Mm. So, and uh, toilet there for them and that. But we'll pop down here. Okay, so we're going to go down again into the into the depths uh, of the ship. Officer's accommodation. Officer's yes. accommodation of the depths of the ship. So again, backwards on the ladder so we're coming down it's probably even below the waterline i oh, know just above no the no still. no no above it's the still above the waterline okay um what we've got here the officer's accommodation um engineer officer's cabin mm-hmm. but for a one-man cabin on a ship this size a mm. carry 95 it's not bad at all okay so we're looking at the engineer's office office Officer's cabin. Cabin, yes. Again, about two metres by three, so it's a, it's a reasonable size. It is, yes. Yep. Um, he's yep. got his bunk, uh, Lots writing of storage, desk. Writing desk. Storage as hanging well. Hanging cupboard. Hanging cupboard for his uniform, yep. Yep. so that's yeah, it's no, very that's nice. That's it there, yeah. The wardroom, which is the uh, officer's wine room, dining room, play cards, so that, but for five people, that's, okay. that, that's set up quite well. All right, so the wardroom is on the port side of the ship. 
yep. this um, and it's the it's where the where the, where the officers ate the and I yes. suppose drank, yes. etc. And again, the decent size, probably three by four meters. Oh yes, yep. Um, and um, here, uh, the steward used that. The little uh, the little thing there with the door on it, it runs up to the pantry. It's a dumb waiter. Okay. The steward, all the food was prepared in the galley in the middle of the ship, which mm -hmm. I think we missed. And uh, he would bring the food in a buckets and pan, serve it up in the pan. It was a little warming up, put it in a little box, pull it down, down the stairs, hello, sir. All right. His so breakfast the dinner or tea. Okay. You know. Yep. The launch lady of the castle main. Paddy Menzies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. so we think the ship's got a pretty good pedigree. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And, and the junior officers would have been a sub-lieutenant, midshipman, something like that, and a pair of bunks. Okay. But still for a two-person cabin. That's it's not bad. That's not bad. For a ship yes. this size. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, well... Okay, uh, we're heading... Uh, uh, we're still heading aft. Heading aft still. All right, so this is a pretty yeah, it's a, it's a big room. open room, and that it was called the mine sweeping uh, workshop and store. During the war period, this was absolutely chock a block full of stuff. Okay, there used to be a door a hatch here that opened up vertically onto the upper deck. When the restoration started, there wasn't a hatch; so it was just a huge rusted hole. Mm. We've plated it in. We've put insulation up there to try and keep the heat out. Mm. In here was spare mine sweeping wire. They could do. Uh, the contact mine sweep, magnetic mine sweeping as well, but also stored in here, 60 depth charges. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it was pretty It was pretty full of stuff. What, what about the ammunition for the rest safe, for the Bofors or the full oh, gun? Look was up, that, yeah. was a, oh, look, yeah. The, bo the Bofors gun would have been down there in the small arms magazine. All right. Look later on so we make sure we... I'll show you where the magazine is as okay, well. Okay, all right. Yep. So even yep. so, even here is a magazine. Yes. So on yep. the in the area of the of the officers' wardroom, etc., there's another compartment that goes uh, deeper into the ship, yep. and that was a magazine. And in here, eight, eight tons of the death charges. But look, when little ship like that, mm. it doesn't matter where you are. Mm. Eight tons here, uh, underneath the sailors up there, two hundred eighty four inch rounds, uh, a boiler room full of fire, steam or whatever, it didn't matter. Yeah. It really is. Anyway, look, uh, we'll pop down here and have a look. So we're heading aft again yes, from... Yes, and uh, the final compartment we can get to in here, uh, the steering compartment. Right. The big back nut over there with the ring on the top of the top of the rudder, power steering, this piece of machinery here, and what powered it? Steam again. Steam from the boilers. Right. Right? Um, and it also provided the emergency steering position. The, what connected the power steering, the steering wheel on the bridge, see this rod? Mm-hmm. That so runs. All the way forward to the yeah. uh, to the bridge. Yeah, no way in the world were these little ships being built quickly for the war, going to get anything like super-duper hydraulic or electrical control. You guys can have a big, long stick with a few corners. Now, th now this ship you said was, was actually uh, built here in... In Williamstown. Williamstown. Yep. Um, were they Australian-designed ships or who? No, they were Australian-designed. They yeah. were designed. Yeah, they unique Australian design, yeah. No, there's some people who have said they looked like the British flower card. No, they were a unique design and literally 98% of what went into the ship made in Australia. And, for example, the main engines on the castle, mate, they were made in the town of Castle, mate. Mm, so we've got a real connection. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that little room there, the wardroom store, one of the most important rooms on the ship, uh, lived in officer's territory, and the steward kept the door locked at all times. Mm. In there lived crockery, uh, plates, uh, uh, 
um, tablecloths, etc., etc. But it also contained wine, spirits, and beer. Important and, stuff. Uh, yeah, the important stuff. And there's probably a bunch of sailors up the front with those little thoughts, like maybe we can get someone serious at looking. Yeah. All right, so we're okay, leaving the yes, wardroom area. Yeah, we're going yep. up again on onto I think the just four to the quarter deck again. So all right, and here we are back at the gangway. Gangway, yeah, the, but the uh, bathrooms and toilets for the sailors along here. All right, so we're back into the yeah, yeah the going, going up towards the mystic and that. And the galley where they fed 95 people three meals a day. Yes, all right. Unfortunately, so much of the original stuff ripped out of the ship. So, yeah. But what we'll do now is we'll go back into the mystic and we'll go down to the magazine area. All right, sure. Yep. So we're in the sailors' accommodation again and just going yep. down a further ladder down into the depths of the ship. So we're still above the waterline. Yeah, we're still well above the waterline, yeah. The uh, down here we had the chief petty officers and petty officers. They were like the middle management. They got a little bit more room than the sailors, but still had to, still had to live in hammocks. And, right. and, um, and, I mean, you can see how crowded it was. If even hammock positions here in passageways. Yeah. They would be the least preferable place to hang your hammock for that. So, yeah. And down there was the, uh, the naval store. Well, they kept all the spare parts, tools. Um, you know. So, so for, here, here for the for the for the petty officers and chief petty officers and petty officers area, how, how many roughly from? Oh, uh, look, there there were about um, about seven chief petty officers, mm -hmm. and there were about uh, uh, ten petty officers. All right, so this is where they ate. This is yeah. where they slept. This is where their accommodation. This is it. This is yours. And again, from a meals perspective, they would um, the galley they, for everyone. Yeah, cooked for everyone. Uh, the messmen would go up there, pick up the food, bring it down here. They'd serve themselves. So, with, with the uh, from a galley perspective, were the officers, the petty officers, and the and the uh, and the ORs, were they all fed the same food? Pretty or? well, okay. pretty well, yes, yeah, pretty well. Mm -hmm. And don't forget the nose time up around New Guinea. Sometimes the supply of food was a, was a bit sparse and that as well. And uh, uh, had one of the guys who said. I never want to see bully beef again. <laughs> again. And uh, they used to call the um, oh the fish they had in tomato sauce. They used to call them potted potted trouters. Mm -hmm. And he says, I can I cannot I cannot open a tin with fish in it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, but in here you've got your uh, your gyro compass. Yep. And it always lived in the middle of the ship, and that because it was at the point of the least amount of movement, and that. But your gyro compass was very, very accurate. Mm. If it told you that north was there, yeah, that's where there. north was, and, okay. and it was one of the few bits on the ship that was not made in Australia. It was made by a, a famous American company called Sperry, who was still in business, and uh, that, that was there. Mm. Yeah. So we just um, again, if, if I was to face forward, you've actually got the chief petty officers' mess on, on the, the starboard uh, side, starboard and on side, the port side officers, is the petty officers', the petty officers mess. mess. So they, yeah. they, there was a separation Ration, again yes, between yes, the two. Yes, yeah, yeah. All right. Down there is the uh, the magazines. All right. So we're they, looking. So we're looking below the deck. Would you call uh, this? Or this the, would be um, uh, two deck. All right. And uh, no, that would be three deck. All right. And underneath the timber, there, a couple of feet down. 
is the plate, yep. and the, then the ocean. All right. Yeah. So yeah. we're looking down, and, yeah. and this is this is the was this the main magazine? The main magazine. The Look, they wouldn't have had the rifles and that in there. They would have been in this hole. What would have been down there? They'd be just rack upon rack, and they'd have the. Um, the four-inch shells, mm -hmm. and they're in boxes like that, mm. and you can see that the head of one of them there, and they bring it up with block and tackle. Then you have a line of sailors up the ladder, up the ladder to the back of the gun, and you just pass the ammunition. Mm. You know, on these little ships, if you wanted it moved, you picked it up and carried it. Yeah, and there was a distinct lack of occupational health and safety, and the other thing was, gentlemen, there's a war on. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. There's, yeah. There was a canteen, and um, that was stocked with uh, soap, toothpaste. Um, in those days, yeah. uh, smokes, tobacco, and that sort of thing. So we're looking at a small room again on the port side. Port of the side, ship. Yeah. Just, just, and just, it was uh, the canteen. Just forward of yeah. the um, petty officer's mess. Um, and, and, and they could obviously come and buy stuff. Yeah, so you could come and buy stuff from the canteen. Smokes, uh, you know, lollies, mm -hmm. um, soft drinks, you know. You know it, 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 but sometimes it was pretty empty because around New Guinea, the supply train, mm. uh, as I talk about it now, it was pretty <laughs> hit, and, hit and miss at times. Wow. Right, um, they had a walk-in um, walk fr uh, fridge. Yep. And that was it there, and uh, the compressor and that was all on that side, and that, but there was no freezer. Mm -hmm. So you'd fill it up with meat, you'd be a vegetables and all of that sort of thing. But then again, being only a fridge, it only lasted for a few days and that sort of thing. And then after that, uh, it was happily into bully beef out of tins and potted um, um, sardines, mm -hmm. etc., rice, whatever. The coxswain, he had his own little uh, room and that. The coxswain was a guy who steered the ship in action and that, but also the coxswain was like the ship's policeman. Mm -hmm. If you were a bad guy... He was the guy who fronted you up and that, and he wrote the charges and that sort of thing, and he's the one who took you to uh, to front the captain. So we're on, the, again, the, the, the starboard side the starboard of the ship, side, just yes, yeah. the chief petty officer. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, what rank were they usually? Uh, the coxswain would probably be a leading seaman or a petty officer. Right. And he was generally one of the senior guys. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And had his own little and he uh, accommodation. Only only because he had to... Uh, you know, sort of had to be the policeman sometimes. He wasn't the most popular guy on the ship. But on these little ships and that, it was really, the crews got on very, very well. You know, it was like that on the, you know, you believe that on the smaller ships and that. And all over the ship, the ship was found DC powered, DC powered, not AC powered like you have in your house. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. And, uh, but all the electronics equipment, like the radar, the communication, was all needed AC power. So all over the place, there were little motor generator sets to make AC power and that. What they did is they added a little bit more noise and a little bit more heat, mm. which the troops really didn't need, but uh, uh, that's what happened. All right, so this is a... Oh, the boiler room. The boiler mm -hmm. room, the special access. So, <coughs> again, turn around to go down a very steep set of... A very steep ladder, and we're really now. Are we now? Are we down below the waterline uh, here well, or not? See, so we can see just down there. Yeah, you're below the waterline. The wa oh, see where the little sign is here. Yeah, just see what the level. All right, so that, if I was to stand are. up, so I'm standing on some base plates of the boiler room, and the seawater level is about about 180, maybe yeah. 180 centimeters yeah. above yeah. Yeah. where we are. And, so. um, and the plates you can see down there. The other side of that is Port Phillip. All right, okay. Yeah. So we, we so really are. So you've got are... to have 
uh, two boilers in here and they burn oil in the boilers to boil the water to create the steam. Steam drove everything on All the right. ship. Uh, they, burnt, they burnt an oil called bunkering oil, furnace fuel oil, and there's filthy back. And what you're looking at there is a furnace. Okay. Okay. Uh, you had a big fire in there, and on the outside of the boilers and that are what they call the boiler tube. They would pump water into there slowly, and the fire was all over that, and at the top, it was steam at high pressure. All right. The steam, um, the steam when it came out of the boilers, came out of the boilers at 250 pounds per square inch. Mm -hmm. I've never converted that to kilopascals because mm. I'm still stuck with that. But you kind of remember you put about 32, 35 in your tyres, mm. so you're looking at 250. But when it came out of the boilers, it was at 600 degrees centigrade. Right. So it was pretty nasty stuff if it sort of got away. Yeah. And everything in here was hand-operated. Steam pipe runs all the way up to the front of the ship, mm -hmm. pull the anchor up and down. Steam pipes run all the way down to the back to drive the bit. So when they said steam-driven... It is steam-driven. It's steam-driven, right. yeah. And in terms from, from a from a crewing perspective down here, what you what you would, would You would probably have... Uh, uh, one one guy at that boiler, one guy at that boiler. So we've got two boilers uh, yeah, operating. Two boilers. And then as soon as that, you normally had a petty officer in there just mm -hmm. to keep up. You have the senior guy who keeps an eye on everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is not the engine room or something, no, is it? No, So this is no, different the, again. The, the boiler room. Okay, the boiler, the boiler room, room is yep. separate from the engine yes. room. Yes. Right. And actually the um, boiler room, believe it or not, was cooler than the engine room. I'll just point out something while we've got the time there. Sitting on top of the boiler room is this room. It's called the fan room. Mm -hmm. And the reason it's called the fan room is all that lives in there is uh, two big, enormous fans. Mm -hmm. The sole job of those fans is to supply an enormous amount of air into the to give you that good blast of air through the furnaces. And the boiler room is actually pressurised. Mm -hmm. So when you went into the boiler room, you actually walked through two doors. Mm -hmm. These two doors here. Yeah. And it had been pressurised ah, up right. to about a nap and it was an airlock. Okay. So you'd open the first door, step inside, close it, open the next one, and that went to, if you open both doors at the same time, yeah. you'd lose pressure in the boiler room, you wouldn't have that blast of air through the furnaces, yeah. black smoke would billow out of the funnel, and making black smoke in wartime not a was idea. not a good idea. We'll, 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 right. it, we'll make okay. our way down and so we'll just wait till So we're going the engine room carpet, yep. which again yep. is down a set of ladders. And this is just to the uh, to, to the rear of the boiler room. Then, all right, we're going down a second set of. Yeah, we, we, we'll be at about the ladders. level we were with the uh, the all boiler right. room. So just just slightly behind, slightly below the water line again. All right, and here we are. Here's the okay. All right, okay. Well, here we are in the room, and that. And the two predominant things in the engine room are the main engines. These engines are what they call a triple-acting reciprocating engine. Reciprocating because the action's up and down like that. And, uh, and um, made in the town of Castlemaine. And you've got your pistons, your crank, and your crankshaft across the bottom. And the crankshaft is the propeller shaft. Yep. You don't need a gearbox because a reciprocating engine's a fairly low-speed running engine. And you didn't need a gearbox to drop engine speed down to the much slower speed you needed for your propellers. Mm -hmm. um, lubrication, 
was as simple as things like little drip feeds, mm -hmm. put the oil in them and that sort of thing, uh, flooded oil over there, very simple. So they could be repaired by the crew at sea. And we've got some magnificent pictures of the guys taking some pretty big bits out and fixing them. So again, it's a pretty, uh, a pretty crowded area in terms of the, of the, oh, two, the two engines. Oh, machinery, yes, yeah. Um, again, the crewing down here. The crew here. down here, you'd probably have one guy at that engine, one guy at that engine, one guy up there at the evaporator, and you'd probably have a chief petty officer or a petty officer in charge. Uh, and the evaporator so, is? I'll, I'll tell you about All the right. evaporator. And but um, just so that you see the, uh, the action of the, uh, the main engine going. All right, so you've, you've turned on the power and now, yeah, now the pistons are starting well, well, to... What we've got, we've disconnected the propeller shaft down there. Okay. We've got an electric motor, a gearbox and a chain drive. And it just shows you the action of it moving. Yeah. It's going very slowly. Maximum speed of castle made was about 16 knots. Make that about 28 kilometres per hour. Mm -hmm. They were not quick ships but had but. enormous towing power. At that speed, these engines were turning over at only 300 revs a minute. Mm. So you're looking at... Right. In, uh, sorry, just to, in terms of, uh, of of receiving commands in terms of the, of, oh, of the engine okay, speed, uh, etc. So the, so, so the voice system once again. Voice system and that, but I'll show you the engineering telegraphs in a moment. And right. that. In front of us there is your desalination plant, ah. and it could produce 25,000 litres of distilled water from salt water every day and that sort of thing. In the bottom of it was three big heating coils like that. Hot steam would come out of the boiler into the tubes there, pump salt water into there, boil the salt water, suck the steam off the salt water, condense the steam, and there was your water. Um, it looks like it was noisy in here, but it wasn't. Ooh. Steam is relatively quiet and it powered every little piece of it. It rattled, it squeaked, it carried on and that sort of thing. But every bit of steam that you use, see the big light blue pot, one on that side, one on that side? Mm -hmm. It's called a condenser. Mm -hmm. The job of the condenser was to collect all of the exhausted steam, cool it, turn it back up into water and pop it back up into the boiler room and reuse it. Right. Now, the engine room telegraphs, if you want to, uh, another way I, way I look at it, it's a very early form of data transfer, mm. okay? And it just had a thing that said, a head, slow, half full, a stern, slow, half full. Mm -hmm. And that arrow there, to get that arrow to move up there on the bridge, see the shaft mechanism? Mm -hmm. All the way up to the bridge. Oh, again, so somebody up there turned that just to get this arrow to move a couple of positions. Yeah. Okay. Nowadays, you do that with a cute little plastic thing with some LEDs. Yeah. And you'll be lucky if it weighed a half a yeah. kilo and or then, whatever. And, and again, that was the primary means of communicating that yeah, speed. Yes. And what, what would here. happen here? When, as you move that, that would go ding. So the guys would be alerted mm. that it moved to a different position. Once they put the engine orders on and that sort of thing, you had this little buzzer. You would hit that and a little buzzer went up on the bridge and that would acknowledge mm -hmm. that they'd put the in. Or the other thing was they'd go down the voice pipe and say, hello, um, you know, what are, what are you guys doing down here? Mm -hmm. All of the um, pipe work in the ship and that was all colour-coded. So any of the pipes in that, traditionally red was for firefighting, uh, yellow was for sucking out, uh, uh, dark green was for salt water, blue was for fresh water, dark brown was for fuel. So that way, any time you looked at a pipe, 
you knew what was in it. Mm -hmm. So what about yourself in terms of your own service? Can you give us an overview of that? Yeah, look, um... Did you used to be in this ship? No, no, no. Listen, I look old, but I'm not that old, yeah. No, look, um, uh, I joined the Navy in uh, 1996 as a uh, Navy apprentice. Uh, I did three and a half years trade training before I got to a ship. Uh, I served on uh, ships, uh, stalwart, mm -hmm. uh, stalwart, Stewart, Duchess, Perth, and Derwin. And uh, and in between, I was a Navy, a Navy basis, and I even spent a bit of time at Navy officers in Canberra, which is quite an interesting thing. Uh, 91, I'd completed 25 years in the Navy, left the Navy, and I went to the shipyard here in Williamstown, yeah. and I helped all Anzac ships and that. Yeah. So my entire life has been ships, yeah. ships, and more ships. So, so, sorry, so what year did you join again? 1966. 66, okay. Yep. So yep. obviously today we've been on board the HMS Castlemaine. Dick, thank you so much for your time. It's been a fascinating insight into a, a floating museum. That's the podcast for today. The website for HMAS Castlemaine is www.hmascastlemaine.org.au and if you're ever visiting Melbourne, it's well worth a visit. Thanks to Dick Budzini for his time to take us through the ship. We're keen to hear your feedback and if you're listening to us via iTunes or other podcast apps, please leave a review. Your reviews help others find our podcast. And you can help support this podcast via Patreon or Buy Me A Coffee. The links are on our website and Facebook page. And your support helps us with the production of this podcast. Thanks for listening.